Listening to the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name Matt is Matt Allen. I'm not used to doing this bit. My name is Matt Allen, and I'm sitting here as I am every single week with my co-host, Mr. John Lee. John, how are you going? Yeah, great. Thanks, Matt. You're not very well, are you? I'm fine. My voice is completely not. You might just need to turn up the settings on your sound, ladies and gentlemen, oh. just so you can catch what John is saying. No, I can I can make myself louder if I have to. How's that? There that's you a go. bit. That's a bit better, <laughs> mate. Better? It's not. It's not much better. How's your hockey week? I got to watch some. Fantastic. Have you had another week on the couch, John? No. Thinking I'm up fine. wonderful ideas. Every, everything else is fine with me. Like, I've got a question for you, John. Uh-huh. Being a hashtag traditionalist of the hockey world, uh-huh. how many games do you like in your? Sorry, how many minutes do you like in your game? 70. 70, yes, and it is episode 70 of the Reverse Stick, the Global oh, Hockey Podcast. Yeah, we got there eventually. Um, a packed show once again. We've got a fantastic interview coming up with the latest of our TRS World Eleven inductees, Kirsty Crispy Hull from the Ashford Hockey Club in Middlesex in England. Super chat coming up with uh, Crispy a little bit later on. Um, could have a bit of fun at the uh, the old tournaments with Crispy mm. and the team there. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to get much out of you at all, am I tonight? Are not you going to be Are you going to be able to at least take us into some news? Let's have a crack at that, shall we? I'll just wall for it. <laughs> <laughs> you ready? Yeah, go for it. Yes. <laughs> this is going to be a lot of fun, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, we got plenty of news going on in the hockey world this week. There's a couple of tournaments going on at the international level. No, one tournament at the international level, and plenty going on elsewhere around the world. We've got the AHL in Australia. We've got tournaments happening in India, Malaysia. But of course, the big ticket item is the Men's Asian Champions Trophy 2018 from Muscat in Oman. Yes, and despite the fact it's not in a good time zone for us, I did manage to catch a Saturday's games, which are Korea and Japan and Pakistan and India, and trying to catch up with highlights as well at other times. What do you make of an interesting tournament so far? I mean, I think the major talking point at this stage is um, one of the coaches going home. And <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that and the uh, debacle but as Pakistan it, hockey coming up more, but yeah, results-wise? Well, as it stands, um, most teams have played four games. Um, Pakistan and Japan have only played the three, but it looks like the top four, well, India and Malaysia are on ten points at the moment, so they'll they'll be going through to those semi-finals, yeah. I think. Uh, Pakistan's on six points, so a lot of will rest on the result again of the game against Japan, who are on three points. And then there's Korea, and Korea still have a game to go, and that'll be played later on this evening. We're recording on the Wednesday. So, you know, in the next day or two, we'll know, well, probably today we'll have a good idea. Yeah, I, think Pakistan, I think Pakistan are nailed in for that for the semi-final spot there with it. Yeah, I, I think if they get one more win out of their two games to go, and I think they're... The second game is uh, tomorrow against Malaysia, which will be a, a huge game for the Malaysians. 
um, because they seem to be the one team that India don't like playing against. Well, I've mentioned it a couple of times over the, the past couple of weeks, and I did make a, a comment on Twitter on the Give Me Hockey site. I said it's going to be an intriguing game between the two, particularly because uh, Ronald Altman's there in charge of Malaysia, and he'd have a bit of a wry smile on his face with the nil-nil draw. Um, and, of course, if it was later on in the tournament, we'd have gone to a shootout. And India-Malaysia, who would you pick for a shootout? Oh, I think you'd be picking the Malaysians. You would indeed. But what, about, what about what about Japan, Malaysia? Uh, Japan. Yeah, there you go. Well, it is a different Japan team that's turned up here than the one that won the Asian Games. Um, and Siegfried Eichmann made it clear prior to the game against Korea that this was uh, they're not going to the World Cup this year, so it's not their A team. They're yeah. trying to develop players and looking ahead to the, the Tokyo Olympics. So. Uh, perhaps some of their results. I mean, they, India put nine past them in the opening game, which yeah. I don't think anybody would have expected. No. Um, and as India do, because they're the, the flat track bullies, as we mentioned last week, they put eleven past Oman. Um, the game against Pakistan, I thought was interesting. It's three-one was the final result. Um, but Pakistan took it up to them. I think it was probably Pakistan has had as much to do with India scoring goals as India did. In, um, that might be a bit harsh on the Indian forwards, who were very good at times, but so were Pakistan. They had plenty of forays forward. They could easily have slotted a couple more themselves, but just maybe lacked a little bit of composure. I heard Harendra did make comment that uh, we need to finish better at the international level. This is uh, this is not good enough. Now, he's a man uh, who's... Uh, position is uh, very much under the spotlight at the moment, isn't it? Mm, definitely. Um, and, and I think if and anything less than uh, a silver for them in this tournament, he'd be lucky to keep his job going into the World Cup, even though it is, uh, you know, 35, even, even 40 if days away. won silver but lost to Malaysia, the pressure would be huge because they are that bogey team and there would be a lot of, you know, especially after the Asian Games, uh, there'd be a lot of people seeking heads to roll. If they don't win this, and and such is the nature. And the, the cries are still there to bring back players that you know have, have been very good for a long period of time, but have come to the end of their their days. You know, you are going to a World Cup. You are playing Netherlands. You're playing Australia. You're playing Germany, and these teams will not take prisoners. They won't allow you to play blokes that aren't up to it at that very very elite level. Sure, you'll beat the lower nations. And you'll do well against them. But you need these younger players in the team to compete physically with the younger players of those strong nations. Yeah, absolutely right, John. Uh, what else have we had going on? You know, we've got a couple of days left there in the Asian Champions <sighs> Trophy. Anything else in the world game happening? Across the globe, yeah, there's been a few things happening. Well, not so much happening, but coming up. There's a Four Nations tournament coming up in Valencia starting on the 29th. Spain, Netherlands, Ireland and England, that's for the men. Uh, of course, we've got the, the Women's Champions Trophy coming up on the 17th of the uh, next month. So not too far that's away. That's Chang Zhao, that's Netherlands, Japan, Great Britain, China, Australia and Argentina. And hopefully we will get a coverage of that that was the equal to the coverage we received for the Men's Champions Trophy because it deserves it. Fingers crossed. Uh, World Cup's coming up at the end of the 28th of November for the men as well through to the 16th of December. Now there's a few other things happening around as well in the next few weeks, especially for the men as they warm up to that World Cup. There's... Um, the men's tournament in Valencia, the Four yep. Nations, as we mentioned. You've got test matches 
between the Spanish and German women, having uh, said that there'll be lots of... Oh, GB, yep, yeah. sorry. GB, uh, two tests being played there in Spain at Yayen, is that how you pronounce it? J-A-E with an umlaut N. Well, we'll have to refer to Andrew yeah. Wilson on that we'll one. Get, yeah, if you can let us know, will I? Uh, there's also some senior men's matches between South Africa and France. That's happening in Johannesburg, 3rd to the 10th of November. Four matches there. Belgium are taking on Ireland in the men's for a test on... Where is that test taking place? In Ivre, in Belgium. And Alicante in Spain. Uh, Spain will be taking on Germany in the men's. Three tests there. Alicante. Alicante Look don't <laughs> It's in Spain That's all we need to know um, Belgium and the Netherlands are playing a test In Brussels on the 11th The 14th Belgium and France In uh, Evia <laughs> oh, Look I did, You know it's in Belgium You're Ernst where yeah. are you? <laughs> Help him out We're, we're going to put that, it down to the voice That's looking ahead of course uh, In the next month or month and a half Six or five weeks. So there's, there's there's a few things happening around, but it's all part of the build up to um, that women's champions trophy and the hockey world cup for men in Babanzwa, which has been in the news a little bit lately. I look. One thing I'd like to say is just fantastic what seems to be done from Odisha at the moment. There's the heartbeats for hockey campaign that's going on. There's promotion of the tournament in Odisha happening on buses in Munich, in Sydney, and all over the world. That happened in London earlier on in the year. They really seem to be getting behind it, and that buzz is starting to build. A lot of the major news um, outlets from India have got people on the ground there in BBI already. I know Jaspreet, our friend, is is there covering a few different bits and pieces and the run into the tournament. So uh, yeah, well, well done to um, to those guys over there. It seems to be heading in the right di- direction, promotion-wise at least. Um, also, we've had the announcement this week of the uh, FIH series finals. Yes, indeed. In 2019. Yep. So that's um, that's for the teams that qualified through hockey series open. Branding. Remember when we when we talk about marketing because it was the FIH hockey. Open. It was, it was, it, FIH it was, series finals. I don't think there's much continuity to the branding and marketing. Well, no, oh, well, that's it was it was it was hockey this. series open to start. Oh no 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 yeah sorry hockey series open. Now well, it's the FIH pro, well, series pro league finals. was hockey pro league and is now FIH pro league. Yeah so this yeah it's all a bit all over the shop. But anyway, um, three pools of eight teams for men as and women will compete in the events uh, with uh, and nine of the best ranked teams not involved in the pro league so um, and that qualification was from 2016 wasn't it 17 17 when it was announced when the tournament was okay so um, format essentially what you're talking here is the teams that qualified through the hockey series open there's about 15 of them plus nine teams highest ranked teams that aren't in the pro league Uh, you've also this isn't a final list of teams because there's five more teams to be included. Two men and two women's teams from Africa and one men's team from Asia. Maybe that could be Pakistan. Well, I think it's a watch this space at the moment with uh, with Pakistan and whether they take part in the Pro League or whether they take part in the Lahore Hockey Series Open. Um, I wouldn't like to make a guess on that, John. 
just quickly, we'll go through this uh, very, very quickly. The men's pools to play in Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia from the 26th of April are Austria, Brazil, Canada, China, Italy, Malaysia, Vanuatu and Wales. India, with a venue to be confirmed from the 6th of June next year, 2019. India, Japan, Mexico, Poland, Russia, South Africa, the USA, and still one team to be confirmed there. I think you can write down Pakistan. Although, that would mean India wouldn't be playing in that tournament. Well, so, it might be two teams still to be nominated, wouldn't it? Uh, the third of the men's pools finals. Th- that was said with his tongue in his cheek there, ladies and gentlemen. We don't have any inside track. We don't. On that We're whatsoever. just speculating wildly. Uh, in La Touquet, is that how you pronounce it? Why Mr. Not? Expert Go for on it. all things European. Yeah, do it. From the 15th of June, uh, Chile, France, Ireland, Korea, Scotland and Singapore with two teams to be confirmed there. So I imagine that could very well be two African teams. In the women's pools, um, Ireland will host the first from the 8th of June uh, alongside Czech Republic, France, Ireland, as I mentioned, Korea, Malaysia, Scotland, Ukraine and one team to be confirmed there. For Japan, once again, the venue to be confirmed from the 15th of June, Chile, Fiji, India, Japan, Mexico, Poland, Russia and Uruguay. And in Spain from the 19th of June in Valencia, Belarus, Canada, Italy, South Africa, Spain, Thailand, Wales, with one team to be confirmed. It's interesting there that Spain aren't playing in the Pro League. Not, they, not the, women, the women aren't. No, 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 no they're not no, quite the, men, the men are. The women, yeah, the women aren't. They would be now. What a pity. Well, let's just wait and see. Anyway, that's, um, that's, now, that's now you've, you've just mentioned hockey series, and of course we've been badgering for a number of weeks now to say where is the hockey series open for Africa? Um, no news, nothing came out. I did get in touch with the FIH a couple of weeks ago. Um, we got some information back on one thing, but the question was being asked about an African hockey series open and nothing was received back. Well, hallelujah, we have a hockey series open happening in Africa. You wouldn't find that out from looking at the FIH site, though, and you wouldn't find that out originally from the Africa hockey site. We found it from somebody uh, in Zimbabwe and reposted the graphic uh, a few days ago now. So on the men's side, this is happening in Zimbabwe at the Kumalo Hockey Stadium in Bulawayo from the 7th to the 9th of December. Uh, on the men's side, Egypt, Namibia, Zambia and Zimbabwe. And on the women's side, Namibia, Zambia and Zimbabwe. Um, I think we've got another one of these situations where the timing hasn't allowed for too many teams to be involved. Um, we've been asking the question, John, when is this going to happen? Uh, it's the what 24th of the 10th now. It was announced on the 21st of the 10th. So, what, five, six weeks away from the start of the tournament? Um, there was nothing sent out with regard to applying to be involved in this tournament. So... I think it's a bit of a shame. Uh, I think it's been a bit of an add-on and a bit too late in the day. But, look, it's happening and it's fantastic that it is happening and there's an opportunity for African sides to represent in the Hockey Series Open. Now, we have had the last of the round games from the Australian Hockey League. I've gone to Altius just to bring you the results, John. Nothing updated from last weekend on there, unfortunately. I've done just a re- do it and we'll it. drop it. I'm not talking about it. I've done a refresh. We will talk about AHL and other Australian things coming up soon. Uh, But we're into the quarterfinals starting this weekend. In fact, starting tomorrow, our time, 
Um, so it's all being played at the Gold Coast Hockey Centre. If anybody had their eyes on the Commonwealth Games, fantastic new facility there uh, on the old home of Labrador Hockey Club on the Gold Coast. Um, so yeah, the quarterfinal draw is in, John. Um, we go into a quarterfinal. You're doing this deliberately, aren't you? We go into a we go into a quarterfinal, um, and that's it. If you lose your quarterfinal, you're out. There'll be some classification games and things beyond that. That's fantastic, isn't it? Um, what, why did we have all the round games with people travelling around for one game here and one game there when it comes down to uh, a, a straight pool playoff into quarterfinals? Well, that's interesting, Matt, when you look at how these fixtures work out. So let's we'll take the, um, the men. Is it the men's or the women's? Here? Yeah, this is the men's. I've got my hand. So we'll talk about the men's, not because it's more important or anything like that. But um, the quarterfinal two, the first game to take place will be between the ACT and South Australia. Now if we look at the tables here um, the ACT Well they're two teams on the men's side that didn't suffer too heavily with losing Kookaburra's players to the training camp and of course the Kookaburra's are back in action this weekend. The squads go from being 14 team game day squads to 16 so there's some some kind of normality coming in with that Um, now I know the Thundersticks here from Western Australia we take on the New South Wales Arrows who've had a couple of shocking weeks uh, results wise they've blooded a lot of young guys into the, the teams there there's been debutantes 17, uh, 18 year old kids that have been playing there a great opportunity for them to get involved and get some AHL experience not that that's going to happen going forward because there won't be any AHL but there's a, an opportunity there now this week all the big guns come back in again. So there'll be another, there'll be seven or eight players coming back into that New South Wales side that were available on round one but not available on round two or round three. Well, here's, here's, so they've, so they've finished bottom of their pool. Is that right? This whole thing's been bastardised because New South Wales Waratahs for the last two weeks have missed how many players? Yeah, there's seven or eight players. Okay, yeah, yeah, they've, yeah. they've finished last in yeah. their pool. They will be playing the WA Thundersticks who finished first in their pool. Yep. Okay, now, they're going to get eight players back. Eight players. All Australian representatives. Yeah. That just so badly compromises that competition to have had that training camp at the same time. Now, for whatever reason they decided to do that, we don't know. But it has totally destroyed any credibility it has. Well, we talked about this with the FIH competitions last year. Now, it's a bit different with World Cups that are, that are, that are happening this year. But you could finish bottom of your pool, you could basically rest your side, um, experiment, do all sorts of things, because it only really matters when it comes to that quarterfinal or the crossover stage as to whether you get a win or not. So, And that's, that's proof in the pudding there, exactly the same in this competition. Um, New South Wales have put a depleted side out for a couple of weeks, they finish bottom, but they get the equal opportunity... To progress to, to the, the semi, to, well, yeah, to progress to the semi-finals as any of the other teams there. There's no reward for winning, and there's no consequence for losing. No. And I, I don't want. Uh, I've got another gripe there too, and that's over the fixturing. To have men's and women's games going on at the same time is. You know, yeah, well, it's not as bad as it was at the start of the week, well, John, see, because it, I, I know that they've, they've changed the fixtures. Yeah, they changed the fixtures because they had, they had at the same time as the women. Yeah, you, you can't 
yeah, I mean, you could watch your own state now. So originally, let's for example, New South Wales men were playing at the same time as New South Wales women. So if you wanted to go and support New South Wales, you'd have to pick one of the two sides to go and watch. But you're absolutely right. The scheduling for it is is that there's games happening at exactly the same time on two two adjacent pitches. So you've got to choose what you what you yeah. want to go and watch. Now there's practicalities with that, John. There's definitely you know practicalities yeah. And what the practicality that. is is that you don't bother with the teams that finish in the bottom of the pools. You play semi-finals straight. We're talking pools of four. You could have both semi-finals, all the semi-finals happening on one day. Then, so you could see both the men's and women's games. But what semi, both semi-finals do happen on on the same day, though. Oh, all these quarterfinals then, whatever way you want to. Yeah, put yeah. It. No, so tomorrow's tomorrow's quarterfinals, and then it moves into over the weekend into semis and finals, and then there's the classification games for fifth and sixth, seventh and eighth, and, and everything else that go on with it. Now, if you want to get your eyes on this, you the only games you will be able to get your eyes on are on Sunday. And that's the, the, the gold medal match and the bronze medal match from both the men's and the women's. Nothing else is being, uh, is being streamed or available. You can get the highlights packages, uh, from the previous three weekends. Uh, and you'll find those on the Hockey Australia YouTube channel. So if you want to have a look, the okay, images, that's yeah, it. it's not, not, it's not that anymore. great. But look, matchups for this weekend in the quarterfinals, John. Um, sorry, not this weekend, for tomorrow as we're recording. Uh, we've got the ACT versus South Australia, Tasmania versus Northern Territory, Western Australia versus New South Wales, and Victoria versus Queensland. And on the women's side of things, John, where are we? Give me that bit of paper. Thank you very much, sir. And on the women's side, we've got oh, Japan versus oh, Pakistan. No, I don't here think it so. is. Sorry. I've Why just got my research here. He's done well. He's printed off a few sheets. The voice is improving now as well. It is. The more I'm talking. Yeah. Who uh, the fuck? Queensland versus the Northern Territory. South Australia versus the ACT. Victoria versus Tasmania. And New South Wales versus Western Australia. Good luck to everybody participating and good luck to everybody going along and supporting their state team. Before you say anything else about the AHL, because I know you do want to, we've got to do this. You are listening to The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast, and it's TRS World 11 time once again. This time, it's Kirsty Hull, a.k.a. Crispy, joining us from the Ashford Club in Middlesex in the UK. Kirsty, Crispy, thanks for joining us. No, thanks for having us, guys. Really appreciate it. It's an absolute pleasure. Now, as we start off all of these chats with our TRS World Team members, the big question is, how did you feel when you got the call up? It was really weird. I'm not going to lie. Like, my our president emailed it out to basically everyone. Um, and because <laughs> I was fan living captain last year, they were like, oh, why didn't you do it? I was like, yeah, all right then. As you do with the London Marathon, you always apply for it and you don't actually think you're going to get it. Oh, yeah, that's the same <laughs> for me every year with the London Marathon. <laughs> yeah, it happened again. Definitely applied, accidentally got in, so I've got to train for that now as well as playing hockey, so that's always going to be fun. Um, but, yeah, it was actually really nice. Um, really nice to, I think it's a really good um, scenario, really, for all of us to be in, personally. That's sensational. Now, first, firstly, Crispy, tell us about the nickname. Um, basically, my friend couldn't spell my name. <laughs> <laughs> so at uni, someone couldn't spell it. And they were like, you're not Cassie, you're Crispy. And then it just kind of stuck. There's a many other nicknames that I could have had, but they probably weren't appropriate for anyone to actually know about. <laughs> <laughs> the standards have dropped since I was there. We, they went to university? Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. 
Now, Crispy, you play for the Ashford Club. Tell us about... Uh, well, first off, tell us about how you got into hockey and when you started playing. So I started playing probably at, at about the age of four. My mum actually played for the club and, and only stopped playing about three years ago now um, due to injury. But I grew up on the side of a hockey pitch sitting in the goalkeeper's bag. <laughs> um, basically, because no, there was nowhere else for me to go. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to walk up and down the side of the pitch. So I used to get plunked in the goalie's bag, zipped up when it was raining with an umbrella <laughs> over me and with everyone's coats. Or if no one was there to like look after me, like as like really young, I used to be in my pram behind the girl because that's where they thought I was safest. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> kind well, of brought up with it. If you had a little kitty's, you know, mistake, at least it wouldn't smell any different than a goalie's <laughs> bag, would it? Exactly, exactly. Kind of like my mum always said, it used to smell very similar, if not her kit was worse. <laughs> so, so hockey's in the blood, like, and that that's the only club you've yeah. ever played for for Ashford. Yeah, literally, only ever club I've played for. I've done, like, county level, but literally the only club team I've played for. So, tell us about your season so far. We sort of, a bit brutally honest, it's not that, it's not that great. <laughs> <laughs> We've had one draw, three losses. Um, we're, look, we're kind of in between. Last year, we finished mid-table obscurity, which was quite nice, because um, we got promoted last year. Um, that was, that was the consolidation bit, season. Yeah, consolidation season. For let's not push for promotion. Like let's not get too ahead of ourselves. Let's not be dramatic and do it back to back. Let's kind of sit there for mid table. Um, but this year, I had a little bit of a rough start. But we've got we've got the strength coming through. We've got a lot of juniors um, coming through, like the four teams. So it's getting there. We've got a tough game on Saturday against. Actually, they're not very local at all. I was just about to say local rivals, but they're about an hour away, and it's a long drive um, around the M25. Um, but it's a tough game. But everyone's kind of all of the teams, like within the like county leagues, have kind of stepped up. They're stepped up realistically because there's so much new training and coaching coming through. Everyone's kind of a little bit different because you can kind of normally see who's what, who's done what, like all of that. But it's a little bit, a little bit weird. But a good weird. It's a bit more challenging for everyone. One draw and two losses certainly sounds like TRS World Eleven form, so that's good. Yeah, sticking with sticking with everyone else. Don't want to like overshine uh, anyone. Kirsty, where do you see yourself fitting into the team? I think um, I'm I'm quite bossy, <laughs> and that like I've got a little bit of OCD. So and and I think everyone would generally say that I'm the loudest person they know. So generally, this is why I play at the back because I feel like it suits those attributes that I have. Um, being a bit bossy, being a bit loud, kind of like shouting at people, but in a nice way. So I think sitting in that back line, kind of directing and kind of organising the after bit as well. So the after bit. Tell it, well, what's the after bit? Well, I just think everyone should just go out for a drink afterwards. <laughs> if I'm completely honest. I'm, I'm, I'm a very, I'm a very good party planner. I've been told so. Um, I'm a good organiser of the the second, the third half, if we call it. Yeah, well, we don't play too else still, so we'll play the third half in the bar. I don't think we've got a social coordinator in the team. No, we don't. Yeah, I'm down. I'm down for it. It's (laughs) a a recarbo loading, a manager. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Tell us about Ashwood Hockey Club, Crispy. So we've been, so this year is our 99th year. 
Wow. Um, so next so next year is our hundredth anniversary, so the nineteen to twenty season. Um, we've got four ladies teams. We've got four and a half men's teams. I think from memory. Um, varying cults from like under eights to under eighteens as well. Um, been got had some definite highs. So we've won like the English HO Trophy a couple of times on the men's side. Um, ladies side, we've done well within kind of cup competitions. Don't think we've ever kind of got to the end bit, um, but something to work on. We've got a mixed team. We've got um, over at the moment we've got a trio of um, Barbadians. I think that's how you say it. they're from Barbados. Yeah, Bajan, I think. Bajan, Bajan, yeah. yeah. I'll get Chris. Yeah, they'll tell me off for that later. But um, we've got three of them, uh, three of the guys coming come over from men's section, and we've got a guy from Namibia as well, um, bolstering up the contingent in the first eleven. Um, got new coaching. It's all working kind of really well. So it's a bit of a influx of new blood. But still, with the older, older heads kind of rising above everyone as well. Exciting times. Now, yeah. Tell us about some of the characters that are in there. Some of the stalwarts of the club. Who, who, who can you not get away with not mentioning? <coughs> I think I probably couldn't get away without mentioning our president, Lynn Morgan, who you guys may know. She's um, um, president of our club and also president of um, Middlesex Women's Hockey. She's um, very well known within the England hockey community um, and does a lot for kind of hockey in general um, obviously Shane um, Smith who you guys spoke to at the World Cup uh-huh. as well he's a very close friend of mine he's actually my best friend's um, brother <laughs> so he'd probably I'd probably get killed if I didn't speak about him <laughs> um, as well great work he does there um, at the hockey museum yeah yeah, they've literally um, come on leaps and bounds, and the new museum is absolutely looking fantastic and working. Like they've got the private space now all sorted. Um, we haven't managed to get there yet, but um, we will eventually. Uh, maybe on a Sunday when we're not all hungover. Social um, to event. Appreciate it completely. So yeah, social event for the team. Yeah, they must need someone uh, to organise a sundown. Yeah, potentially. I might just get that down. Um, also, the uh, lovely. I think. We couldn't go and mention without our chairman as well, Ian Jenkins. His name's Sherpa. I'm not too sure why he's called Sherpa, and I don't think I want to know either. <laughs> um, um, he, from my understanding, he's been, himself and Nina have been at the club ever since. Kind of, my mum's been there as well, and she's been at the club since she was 20, and she's 51 next week. So, a long time. Um, and realistically, everyone really, everyone kind of, everyone at the club is very much we're all invested into the club ourselves so it's very much kind of a very family orientated centre where we all put in as much as we want and we get out what we need to as well from the, from the club ultimately and kind of making sure that we're all as friendly as we are because it's a massive social we're, um, we pride ourselves on being very social and kind of having that good social aspect um, so there's a lot of clubs in and around us but we try and do our best to be the best one for that side of things. Kirsty, do you guys have um, fields attached to club rooms, and or are you like many of the people we talk to? You know, they've, they've got to use a pub or another venue. Um, so we have our own facilities. It's ours. So we have our clubhouse and changing rooms, literally facing onto the pitch. Excellent. And we we work with it. Um, so it's under the club's umbrella called Asher Sports Club. Um, so we have us. 
in the winter, the cricket club in the summer, and then we're linked in with the other, um, the bowls club and the tennis club, which comes under the same kind of group umbrella as well. Have you got your own bar space, or do you share with everyone? Yep, own bar. Oh, own that's bar. very important. Yep, yep. <laughs> And pool table, also very important. Oh, this sounds like a TRS World Eleven training camp venue. I know it could be. We've got we've got grass, we've got astro, we've got beer. <laughs> I don't know what tick, I, don't, tick, I don't know what else. I think like if anyone else wants anything, like I could probably find it. But <laughs> I think we're sorted. All right. What about the teas? Good. Mr. Hank is absolutely wonderful. He does a mean cheesy chips. Cheesy chips. Nice. Oh yeah. Can you get yeah. a ham and cheese toasty? Yep, you can. You can get a you can get a ba- you can get a breakfast in a roll. Breakfast in a roll. Is that like bacon, eggs, blah blah blah? So bacon, eggs, mushrooms, sausage, tomato, black pudding. Cornflakes. Basically, <laughs> yeah, probably he probably put cornflakes on the top to just like crisp it up a little bit. <laughs> well, you know all about that, crispy. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Last home game. What was the? What was your tea for the uh, the opposition? Oh, they had pasta bolognese. That's what? Right. That's, that sounds good. That's more carbs. I mean, yeah, they had right bolognese. Guy, yeah, they had bolognese and like pasta and garlic bread. I wow. think. Yeah. That's pasta to you, John. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Past, pasta. Pasta. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, I got it there. Well, it sounds like a super little club that you've got there. Um, you know, what's next year for the hundredth celebrations? What's what's planned? Have you got a big gala dinner or anything going on? I think that's what's going to go. What that's what's going to happen. Um, I'm not, I think we're going to probably get like a committee together and kind of from varying ages, young to old, and kind of see what everyone really wants to do and kind of get a bit of a vote on it because. It's a massive event for everyone, so um, it's something that we should celebrate. And I know that the sister, like our sister, so the cricket club had their 160th, I think it was three years ago now, and it, they did kind of running competitions throughout the year for like the two, for the juniors, etc., to like create memorabilia and everything like that. So I'm sure it'll probably run along the same way. So can we take it as read here, live and exclusive on the reverse stick that you're putting your hand up to run that committee? <laughs> I think it's already been decided. I'm doing it. Yeah, Fantastic! You heard it here first, ladies done. and gentlemen. I've got an idea for you. How about the the current England and Ireland ladies team or men's team play an exhibition match on grass using forty year old sticks and forty year old goalkeeping equipment and forty year old rules? <laughs> I think we could source it from the from the museum. So yeah. we got that. So that bit's done. Yeah. They'd probably be up for it. <laughs> Just an idea. Just now, to put it out. Now, there. just no, looking at your original. I'll, I'll put it out there. <laughs> Sorry, Kirsty. Looking at your original um, uh, application, uh, you've mm-hmm. got your most embarrassing moment on the hockey field. Do you want to share that with the listeners? Oh, I can't even remember what one I put down. Oh, <laughs> well, probably favorite. too many. Well, give give us a couple. <laughs> oh, I did. Um, about four, four years ago, my um, one of my really good friends, we played in the same team. She hit a ball to my face and like knocked me out for like ten minutes. Um, and then I got up and played and was like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. But then I started to run around in circles and didn't really know who I was. So I had to, like, go home with everyone after the game finished. And I had, the, like, no one could find an ice pack. So they gave me a bag of ice from Tesco's and had it wrapped around my head with, like, a green scarf. <laughs> and when 
I went to work the next day and forgot I was a manager like at the time at a theme park and I forgot to send five new people on lunch so they stayed stayed in like their unit till like three o'clock without a lunch break <laughs> send them on there well at least you remembered to take the ice pack off <laughs> yeah I did and they were like are you okay I was like I really don't think I am I think I might need to go and they were like do you know where you are I was like nah I'm not really sure well, look, it's in the news a lot, concussion at the moment, and I'm sitting opposite yeah. John here at the moment. Yeah. He's been in exactly the same situation after yeah. a game, hadn't, doesn't know what's going on. I've had goalkeepers that have come off the field um, and not known what the score is. So there is a bit of a serious side on the concussion. Yeah, issue. yeah, <laughs> definitely. Now, Kirsty, we've got through all the fluff stuff. We need to get a bit in-depth with you here. Okay. What do you think the biggest challenge facing hockey is at the moment? I think it's just keeping people interested and because participation is so high at the moment because of like all the positive from like the world tournaments, the Euro tournaments and like the Olympics but we see a massive influx of participation it's there for a season and it all of a sudden drops so I just think it's about continually raising like the sport itself and kind of promoting it in general I think that's what we've seen as a club ourselves I'm not sure it could be potentially exactly the same for everyone kind of around the country but when you're a small when you're a club in a area that's densely populated with clubs anyway it sometimes can be hard to keep the influx because people like to move around it's like car insurance people (laughs) with shopping clubs like a car insurance it's literally the same like you see people one year they're like oh, no, okay, you've gone to that club and then they come back. Like, oh, okay then, so you're just moving around. So I think that's probably the massive thing for us kind of here. Yeah, I think find your club and stick with it. Are you are you running back to hockey and walking hockey and that sort of thing? Yes, we do, we do back to hockey every year. Um, we do it like three times a year, I think, um, from memory. We haven't quite sussed out walking hockey yet, but I'm going to... I think it's in, the, it's in the pipelines for everyone um, to kind of look to get up and do... Um, because round like we've got a lot of people that have retired, um, so that if you suppose so potentially walking hockey could be something for them to keep in the game. I know that a lot of the men, once they have decided they're going to hang up their sticks, they go to umpire, which is great for us because I don't have to umpire then because <laughs> I'm absolutely awful. Um, but um, it's something to potentially keep everyone kind of in hockey realistically. What's your mum's name, Crispy? Um, Ali. Ali. So Ali sounds like yeah. a prime candidate for starting to run the walking hockey program and being involved at Ashford <laughs> Hockey Club. Potentially. <laughs> so that's another. Oh, that, blame us for that one. So that that's yeah, another that's, another yeah. thing announced yeah. on the reverse stick. Yeah. Yeah. Doing it. That's well, it. Well done, done. Ali. <laughs> Tick. Tick. Done. Box off. <laughs> Got another one for you, Kirsty. What do you think of the bully? Should we bring it back? Um, literally there was one on Saturday and I got so excited I was like oh my god you've got a bully you've got a bully like can I take it I'm like no hmm. it's like oh okay can someone just take it then because it's like really exciting like I really like it like, I got brought up with the bully like on grass when we used to play juniors so I don't understand why it went like it's it's the best thing about a hockey game like you get to smash each other's sticks in for free <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Now, did they do a hockey one or a hockey one, two, three? One, two, three. Well done. Oh, oh. oh good. Well done. Mm. You must have had an umpire who was over 60 during the game. <laughs> no, it was, it was actually our captain. <laughs> she's only, I don't even think she's 50 yet. <laughs> close enough. Oh, close, yeah, close. 
Well, that's wonderful. Well, look, well, I'm, we're, we're pleased that you signed up on the uh, hashtag Bring Back the Bully campaign. Yes, indeed. Um, and look, keep on using that hashtag TRS World 11 when you're posting on social yep. media. We've got to let people know how, you, how you're getting on out there. And I know there's interest yeah. from other TRS World 11 uh, players. Are you excited about playing with any of the other uh, group that have been selected? I think they're all so good. Like, I'm a little bit, like, bewildered, but... Um, I think there's some extremely good people in there, which would be quite interesting with everyone put together. Um, but I just think once we get there, we get into the team, get into the spirit of it, it should be quite a good laugh. Now, I'm looking forward to our social organiser, coordinator, getting the, uh, oh. the the races organised after the games. You know the one where you put the stick yes. down and you know finish your beer and then do a length? Um, wibbly wobbly race. That's it, wibbly wobbly, wobbly race. race. You, yeah. uh, how, how'd you go with that? I'm absolutely awful. I can't nick a pipe for love nor money. <laughs> <laughs> what about the spinning around on the spot? Oh, um, that, I'm good. I used to be, I used to do gymnastics and I used to do ballet, so that's what I'm fine with that. I think I spot quite well, but the rest of it, it's just a little bit of a disaster. So, so you'd like a tag team, someone to scull a beer yeah. and then you do the spin around. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's what I need. It's kind of how we do it on tour. Like I'm like quick. Like, when everyone comes around to, like, tell you to neck something, I'm like, quick, hide. I need to go. And I just run away and hide, and they neck it, and I come back. And you're like, oh, you did it really well. I'm like, yeah, I did. Well done. <laughs> you didn't see any of that, did you? Just bear that in mind, Matt. Just make a note I've of that. I've got to Keep an eye on her during skulls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I might run away. <laughs> you talk about being on tour. Do you tour as Ashford, or have you got some kind of crazy name that people need to look out for at various tournaments of Easter time and whatever yeah. else? So we generally tour at Easter, so we're the Drambiri Sniffers. <laughs> yeah, it's basically, I think, I don't, God knows how long ago it was, um, but someone had Drambiri, you light it with a match and it sticks to your hand, and then you have to sniff it and drink it. It's absolutely disgusting. But Purple nasties? Yeah, yeah clearly. All day, every day. <laughs> oh, I, 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 have no <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Mate, Easter hockey tournaments get very messy in the UK. Okay. Yeah, they do. Oh, they do. <laughs> we don't have that tradition here, do we? Not so much. Oh. No, it's a bit of a bit of a, a bit of journey. Chris B, thanks so much for joining us. We'll be keeping an eye out on your progress through the season, and we look forward to uh, hearing of all of the exploits of Ashford Hockey Club, particularly next year in your hundredth year. Perfect. Well, thanks for speaking with us, guys. I'll speak to you guys soon. Cheers, Chris B. Bye. All right. See you. Thanks. Bye. What a delight to have Kirsty Crispy Hull from the Ashford Hockey Club join us. Our latest hashtag TRS World 11 team member. Um, a lot of fun there <laughs> with Kirsty, yeah. hey? Yeah, yeah, she was good. She was good. And, um, we, we gotta get a game. How are we gonna get us all together for yeah, a game? I, I fancy a European tournament. I just, I think I, like, Mexico might just be a bit too far. Now we've only got a couple in the Americas within the side we've got Mons and we've got um, Sugar Britches uh, in the side so they might just have to make the big leap across the pond eh, and uh, maybe meet us in Europe somewhere can we do some sort of crowdfunding thing sell the broadcast rights let's sell the broadcast rights yeah, yeah because that's always a winner isn't it selling well, the broadcast we, we could people are just lining up to buy hockey broadcast we, rights John we could we could play <laughs> we could play a game that game that I mentioned at the interview. It could be the TRS World 11 on grass against an also Davy Hart and on, on grass in old style kit with old rules. You could just wear your normal kit to be fair. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> well, you talked about forty-year-old kit. That's probably the age of your bloody oh, stick. Look, the, the shin pads have been around for a while. I must admit. No, the stick played for Australia. Well, actually, Les, Les, who's been on the uh, on the show before yeah. and, and did some hosting when I was yeah. away, there, he's still got a pair of shin pads that his mum bought him. Um, so I think he was about 19 or 20. What well, he's got to be about 70 now, the old bloke. No, this uh, isn't quite. You've <laughs> seen my shin pads. I have, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, they're made out the same cane as cane? my my pads used to be made yeah, out of yeah. many many moons ago. Cane and that fluffy stuffing stuff. Anyway, moving on. Let's talk about a few other issues in hockey, shall we? Let's do it. Okay, can I start you with one? Yeah. Uh, did you see the post from Ashley Morrison's Not the Footy Show this week of a goal scored in the um, college? Yeah, I did indeed. Uh, yep. a, a young lady from Off. Ithaca College on a shootout, on a shuffle, on a, on a shuffle, yeah. on a one on one, on a penalty shootout. I don't know her name, but she was number twenty nine. So, um, well done to her, just quietly. Well done to her. I've got nothing against what she tried to do, but I do think it's something that hockey authorities should look at well, take, take outlaw take, immediately because it's not a cross, it's not hockey. Take us through what she did. Well, what she did is from the 25-yard line, she picked up the ball on a stick, just picked it up. You know, you've seen good players do that. Yep. I've seen good players do that, never done it myself. 3D skills. Yeah, that's what they yep. call it. She picked the ball up on a stick, ran into the D, ran at the goalkeeper, took a sidestep and flung the ball into the D. Without into the ball, the goal. Into the goal. Without the ball, and she didn't bounce it. She didn't bounce the ball along. She just carried it on a stick. And I think that's fraught with danger for the sport, and it's against the spirit of the game. I'm not saying she shouldn't. I'm, I'm glad she did it. She she showed up. Something why why, is, why is it against the spirit it's of the lacrosse. game? Lacrosse. Well, it's not because playing lacrosse, you need you need a net um, to carry your ball. She's got she's doing it with skill. The ball is on the end of a stick. Really? She's brought the ball. Okay. Up. What what what? How, how does a goalie play it? Um, runs out and absolutely flattens her. Okay, so you think that's a legitimate play? Well, obviously no. So I don't do, do you want? Do you want? Who who would you like to be the test case to get a broken arm? Um, no, well I think as a as a goalkeeper, it's just the same. You've got to cover your angles. You've got to make yourself nice and big. Um, I think. Look, I I did glance at that. Maybe the keeper sat back on her line a little bit too much. I think if she was a bit more forward and attacked the player as she was coming into, and I don't mean attack. Oh, I, you know, I when definitely a, a, think a, the goalkeeper didn't know what was going on. She she was spooked by it. But now people have seen it and will get around. Goalkeepers will start to, to figure out tactics for it, and one of them will be, will they put the ball up there? I didn't. Yeah. Any danger? That's it. Any, any danger that That's occurs? It. They, they've made it dangerous. They yeah. made it dangerous by carrying so like keeper, that. How do I play at the ball? So, like if a ke- so if a keeper comes out and has uh, a swing with the stick and makes contact with the ball on the top, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. But so what, there you go. What, so what I'm saying is it. the keeper shouldn't be penalised for having a crack at it, though. Oh yeah. If you if if you whack them across the arms and break their arms, that's their problem. Yes. Well, the, uh, the umpire obviously saw it was okay. Um, Look, the keeper, in all fairness, was a bit shocked and didn't really understand what was going on. But now they've seen it, and other players are going to start to pick up on it. They'll, they'll devise. Well, that will, that will come down to the blow for the, the individual umpire on how they interpret that situation. It will, and you know it? what? What's a goalie going to do? A goalie's going to say, "Well, I can always concede a penalty stroke." Yeah, that's it. Have a second crack at it. <laughs> yeah, from the spot where you can't lift it and carry it in. But in the meantime, people are going. I just think it's a against the spirit of the game and b dangerous. 
that's my view and do you, do you have that feeling just in general with the uh, the development of 3D skills and, and players um, improving their ability to, to carry the ball mid-air well you're changing the very nature and fabric of the game when play, players carry the ball in the air and okay you want to carry the ball in the air then I should be allowed to play at the yeah, ball like and I should be allowed to have a fair swing at it yeah, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. why in lacrosse they don't have rules for ne- in the same structure as we do for stick checking stuff. You can walk up to a bloke and smash him across the arms. Now, is that what we want to allow into our game? No, we don't, obviously. Okay, so that's a legitimate tactic in that sport because that's what you have to do when players are carrying the ball in such a way. I think so. That, it's I a think, natural I think, progression I, for I the think, sport yeah, to follow. I think, I think if the ball's up, and you have you have a swing at it because the ball's in the air, then it's the responsibility or, of the player that's brought it up in the first place that's made that play dangerous, not you by having having a uh, swing at it. Now Keely might tell us different on yeah, that. Yeah, that might be the way the, the rules if, are. If the ball's up the and moment. it's and it's and it's in my play zone. But the thing is, this this ball isn't ever at any stage off the stick well, until it, she that, until she makes a shot. When when that first whistle goes, it is because it's on the ground. She doesn't start with it on a yeah, stick. Yeah, but once she she, once she's up. got once she doesn't bounce it. It never bounces. She picks it up and holds it on a stick. It doesn't so bounce. D- well, why not reward the skill with that then? That's good, isn't it? No, it's lacrosse. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, ladies and gentlemen? Let us know. Write yeah. in. Send us an email to Matt at the reverse stick dot net or John at the reverse stick. Net. We'd love to know your views. And if you've got a button that needs pushing, just let me know and I'll come up with something for you. <laughs> All right. What else? What else? Pakistan, some interesting development oh, yeah, yeah. there. Um, <laughs> and, of course, they went down 3-1 to India in the Asian Champions Trophy. Um, soon after, we learn... Um, of uh, Saklane, uh, former Olympian and one of the coaches within the Pakistan setup, has um, has left the camp and is now back in Pakistan. Now I heard two different sets of accounts. One was he walked out, the other was Hassan Sada pushed him out and has written a report and sent it back to Pakistan. Now um, you'll remember that Sada was Hassan Sada was the manager of the team whilst Roland Altman's was there. He's also a previous coach of the side. Um, he was then tasked with having coaching responsibility as well as being the team manager. Now uh, there's obviously been a bit of a fallout there. Um, Saklane has been back in in Pakistan and met with um, Shabazz Ahmad and also with Khalid Sajad Kokar, uh, the president of the Pakistan Hockey Federation. Um, I'll just read you some of the uh, the article that I've got here from the Nation, uh, a reputable newspaper in Pakistan. Um, now apparently it all boils down to the fact that uh, there was an outburst from Sack Lane post the India game uh, which uh, Sada wasn't too happy about um, Do we know what the nature of this outburst was and who it was directed at? At the players, it was at the players Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he didn't um, turn around to his manager or whatever and say you're an idiot and it's your fault we lost, he turned to the players and said you're hopeless and it's your fault we lost. Well, Kokar, the president, said, Saklane met me at my residence where Olympian Shabazzini was also president. No one accepts one's fault and tries to pass on the blame on others. But as a senior and commandant of the camp, we have decided to give full weight to Hassan Sada to the Asian Champions Trophy concludes. 
upon his return we will sit and form a committee and then decide about they love their committees um, form a committee and then decide about the future course of action one thing is very clear there will be no compromise on discipline and everybody has to keep in mind the prestige of the country Pakistan always comes first and we can't allow anyone to sabotage the image of the country. It was a highly unfortunate incident which could have been avoided. Anyway, um, anyhow, now the green shirts are involved in the mega event and we don't want to disturb the players mentally. I've told Sack Lane to return home and he presented his side of the story and also admitted that things flared up. Um, uh, I request sports journalists not to give too much hype to this incident as it can destroy the morale of the team we are playing in the semi-finals and I hope the green shirts will win not only the semi-final but also try to win the Asian Champions Trophy uh, on Hassan Sadar's return we will sit together and find out a solution we, are, we all are one and disputes do occur in families which are resolved through dialogues and we must uh, ensure that anything we do must never bring any bad name to the country. Oh, well, good luck with that. Um, you've got one of your board who's currently um, been kicked out and is causing all sorts of ructions within Pakistan sport at the moment and all sorts of rumours. We had the um, the Pakistan guys on strike. We've had Altman's leave because the situation was untenable. They've got no bloody money. Um, and it begs that question once again uh, are they going to be playing in the Pro League because they ain't going to be playing in Scotland are they well uh, mate look anyway just, I'll just finish this Sack Lane went on to say uh, I have a good and positive meeting with both President and Secretary we know Kokar and Shabazz always think positive and take steps about the betterment of hockey I'm thankful to them for giving me respect and honour and listening to all my concerns we all want Pakistan hockey back on right track and we are committed to regain lost hockey glory Talking about the incident, he said, This incident has taught lessons to me, and I think Hassan Sardar must also understand that, at, his, at this age, he should also behave decently. We must not do anything which may inflict damages to Pakistan and national team. The incident should have not happened, and those who are at fault must not repeat the same in the future. If the country is there, we are all here. If Hassan Sardar shows emotions, he should have also considered ground realities and avoid going beyond the limits. In the past, I fulfilled all the responsibilities handed over to me by the PHF. For the time being, I'm stepping down and leaving the team. Now I want to relax and spend some time with my family and kids, and then I will decide about my future ambitions. Well, you know, I have a problem in a situation where the bloke whose job it is to is to cut up the oranges for half-time and make sure the players aren't abusing the light sockets in the hotel rooms they're staying in. Is you know when he, he lampgates. When he can start sacking the coach, essentially, um, you know, that, that's part of the, well, one of the problems they have is everybody's always undermining everybody else and there's no clear structure about what responsibility is and which box people should be sitting in. And the only losers here are the Pakistani people and the Pakistani players because the players are clearly capable of competing at the top level but all this bollocks that's going on in the background is destroying any chance they have of being able to achieve what they truly can. It makes it very, very hard, doesn't it? Now, at the same time as those uh, news reports were coming out, there was also another one in the dailytimes.com.pk uh, stating, Former Olympian Takir Dar has been approached by the Pakistan Hockey Federation to coach the men's national hockey team. A month after Dutch, Dutchman Roland Altman stepped down from the post, Dar, who was part of the winning Pakistan side in 84 Summer Olympics, said Monday that he'd been asked by the team manager, Hassan Sadar, to assume the coaching responsibilities. I have old relations with Hassan Sadar. I cannot refuse him, said Dar, adding, however, that he would not take up the post in haste. The 54-year-old 50 year said he would speak with Sadar after the ongoing Asian Hockey Champions Trophy 
Um, he would first try to persuade the manager to not appoint him as the coach. But if he does, <laughs> oh, sorry, but if he does not agree, then I will take on the coaching responsibilities, Dar added. The PHF will formally announce Dar's appointment as the head coach once the talks are finalised. Sources familiar with the matter said. Well, <laughs> oh, unna- some unnamed hockey sources, unnamed some named officials, sources. my uh, word. Who'd have thunk it? Okay, a couple more things just quickly. Women's EHL has been announced to um, commence in 2019. Uh, that's really good news for the women's game. Um, it will be comprising basically just the uh, an eight-team knockout competition, EHL Final Eight. Similar to the men, it will be played concurrently. I'm led to believe with yeah. the uh, on the final eight weekend, yeah, the final eight weekend, and um, the teams that will qualify will uh, the top two nations from uh, will qualify similar to the men. Top two nations on the EHL rankings table will get two places in the competition, and then the next six nations in those EHL rankings will receive one club entry. Now I'm not sure how. Um, Nations will work out which clubs go. That'll be up to them. But it's good to see that that started, and hopefully, once the ball gets rolling, it can be expanded to to join the men's competition as well. Yeah, so it's they, it's worked out on that nation basis. Um, so the rankings at the 29th of May uh, saw Netherlands and Germany uh, in one and two, Spain, then going down the list: Spain, England, Belarus, Ireland, Russia, Czech Republic, France, um, Belgium, Scotland, and Italy. Uh, so that's the the top twelve on the on the Euro Hockey Club Championship. Yeah, I don't believe here it says when they when that ranking uh, will be taken from, but I assume it will be the end of this year. Now that's going to be taking place in, at Easter. There'll also be uh, an under fourteen girls and boys tournament all happening at the same time. We've been asking the question for quite a while, haven't we? Why, why, if uh, if we yeah. got that the the razzmatazz with the brilliant men's competition, why didn't we have the women's hockey there as well? It's finally happening, which is fantastic. Now, Anybody also that saw the World Cup knows there's plenty of bloody good women hockey players going around. And what a fantastic tournament that was <laughs> there as well. Um, now there'll be some format changes to the men's side of things as well um, for that 2019-2020 uh, season. So there'll be two big weekends of knockout action. Uh, the knockout 16 will take place in October uh, with the clubs ranked from 5 to 20. That's on the EHL ranking table playing a straight knockout competition. That's going to replace the round one format. Uh, it will see 16 clubs play a fully produced television fixtures over three days with four of those sides then going through to the final eight at Easter. Um, it means there's a change in the qualification process with 11 countries set to be represented based on the EHL rankings. The nations ranked 1 to 3 will have three teams in the EHL. The nations ranked 4 to 6 will have two teams in the EHL and 7 to 11 have one team in the EHL. Um, what other information can I give you there? Uh, the final eight will feature the champions from the top four nations on the rankings table alongside the four sides that qualify from the knockout 16. Um, so there's more news to come on what will then happen to the Euro Hockey Club trophy and all that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, October, that'll be a three day event for the knockout 16 and the final eight, that'll be over Easter, um, at a four day event. Um, and then there'll be classification matches and things, you know, sort of following on uh, with that, because that will all be important for what will happen the year after. Last one from me, FIH Congress, which is taking place between the 1st and 3rd of November in New Delhi. Um, I've been trying to find out some information, Matt, about the FIH Congress. 
Haven't had much luck. Do you want me to read uh, the latest FIH update? It's fresh, John. Let us it's know. It's fresh, it uh, released on the May third of this year. Hey? So it is. <laughs> it is. It is this year's release. It's the update of the FIH Congress. Further details will be sent to members in the coming weeks regarding the program and the registration information. Media information will be sent within the next few months once details have been confirmed. With do you know? Have you heard or seen? What's going on? What's on the agenda? What are the, what are they going to be talking about at the Hockey Congress? Uh, are there elections? Who's up for election? Are we finally going to lose the bloke at the top that we should have lost no, 12 months ago? No, we don't, because he's got another two years to go. Are you sure? Yeah, another two years yeah, to well, go. Yeah, well, that's great. So, well, so it's, it's, it's those these four, are the it's issues four, they yeah. should be talking it's about. Can four we year, have our president double-dipping and having another master? It's four-year terms, and every two years, go? every two years, there's a, re- a refresh on it. Don't worry, he's going to be in Parliament within 18 months anyway. Well, 18 so. months, that could be the 18 months that kills us fortnight. Mm. Um, yeah, we were expecting... We're, we're, we're stakeholders. We have a right to know. I think we were expecting in September the rules update to come through so everybody can jump up and down about it before it gets implemented in January. Um, that's that two-year cycle on that. There's nothing come out so far about that. But more to the point, I haven't seen anything about the appointment for um, the replacement of Craig Gribble um, at the FIH. It's been very quiet. We know there's a couple of jobs up for grabs there at the moment. This is a lengthy old process going on uh, for selection of, uh, of candidates. Um, watch this space on those ones. Let us know what's going on with the Congress and what you people will be talking about because we have a right, and, and if... If you, we don't know what's going on, we can't then lobby our representatives, who are representatives, they represent us, to put forward our views. Mate, we barely know what's going on in December in Lahore, so what chance? Huh? <laughs> what, what chance? It's just really disappointing. What disappoints me as much as anything is that hockey people aren't asking, more hockey people aren't asking the question. And, you know, we should all have a great interest in what goes on at the FIH Congress. It, it defines what happens in our sport. Anyway. You, you got three minutes to let go. I don't know if I'm going to let go or not, John. Um, we've had some positive uh, communication with Hockey Australia. Now, obviously, we've been banging the drum left, right and centre with regard to AHL and Franken-9s and pump plays and everything else that goes on. What I want, just want to start with, though, John, is we've had some correspondence from a listener. Uh, and this is a listener that went along at the weekend and viewed some of the AHL um, games that were happening. Would you like me to take you through the correspondence? Very quickly. Very quickly. Okay. Um, so we started out, where to start? We've al- we already have the most skillful fast game in the world and changes for the better were made years ago, i.e. no offside. And South Park, Pass, you know, runs into that. But somehow we are trying to justify our place in the Australian sporting landscape with gimmicks. Most of the sports have tried with varying success modified rules. However, their core product so far is their pinnacle. The style that satisfies the purists. Think of Test cricket and Big Bash, and the, the, you know the t- 2020 format over here. Um, AFL football and AFL X. Uh, if hockey people don't like what is put in front of them, how will they sell it to their neighbours, their family, and their friends? We've fallen for the theory that the next generation only have a short attention span. We're selling our youth short. Yes. Take soccer, the world game. It goes for 90 minutes plus time time on, and then they end with a nil or draw. <laughs> They haven't changed their rules since Moses. There's rabid fans um, in, in Australia. The sport has grown exponentially. Um, now, our correspondence real, realises that the, the endless funding that goes to AFL and soccer and cricket isn't what we have with hockey. 
Uh, but he goes on to say, we need to accept that we are not the most popular sport in Australia and look after the people who live the sport first or risk alienating them from anything other than club hockey. Already we've gone from 35 uh, minute halves to quarters to appeal to TV and this has not improved the game for the game attendee. People attending events live need to be told a story of skill, speed, tactics, combat and attrition played in halves. Attrition. This is the pinnacle, our test cricket if you like. Now the correspondent went along on Saturday night to watch WA against uh, the Northern Territory. He goes on. So, on to that format. I was faced with the most stop-start deconstructed game I have ever witnessed. One which I found totally distracting. The crowd sitting around me, who were all knowledgeable hockey people, were more interested in chatting than observing. There was no story, no time spent weaving a viewing experience to engage us. No time for one team to dominate and not capitalise, followed by a turnaround in fortune as fitness, attrition and gameplay unfolded. It was wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. All hot air with no substance. Uh, It felt like a game of how many sports can we copycat. I felt like I was at the gridiron. Only just getting started and time for a cumbersome stoppage. 15 minute quarters and don't forget pump plays. Another stoppage to set a 5 minute clock for 9 aside. Worth double points. With one pump for each team. Field goal conversions. Let's throw in a bit of rugby as well. More stoppages. Roll out the third umpires and and an 8 second one on one. Too many stoppages. Designed to give apparent celebratory moments. The whole thing was contrived, clunky and bloody boring. The team that scores the most goals can lose. Really? So, at the venue, the narrative got lost. And for me, it just didn't work. Will I bother attending again? Not if the format doesn't change. And that's obviously from the, you know, the, the new yeah. format. <laughs> Having said that, I do believe there is a place for it to help grow interest in the game of hockey. I can see the format is designed for televised coverage where adverts intervene and it will look good at home in the lounge chair and work for that. It should be a standalone competition run in its own right for, for TV over three or four weekends. Is there room in the calendar for it? <laughs> Probably not. Who is going to sponsor, pay for it? Can the revenue be generated to pay athletes to play in this competition? When a multi-million dollar TV rights deal pops up, we should be sweet. It definitely should not be the AHL. That should be separate and run exactly as it has been for the, uh, in the past. Over seven to ten days at one venue as one event for state-based and selected teams. At longer term risk could be the success of the national teams. Think of devaluing the Sheffield Shield and the fact that the Australian batsmen are no longer able to perform in the test arena. Um, We also risk the history of state representation. When is a thunderstick not a thunderstick? That's a WA state team for the the listeners. When he's drafted to Sydney, our young aspiring state juniors will lose a well-defined pathway. However, big credit to whoever came up with the playing cards for the players. So we've got some nice Mm. little, you know... um, Player profile cast. Well, you mentioned top trumps. Well, we've uh, got to get some uh, stats on them as well. So we can no, it's good. There's a few. Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to get the points on there. Um, the best idea of the whole AHL this year. Great for the kids. Tick. The crowd size in Perth was what I would term medium to respectable, given the season has finished. Tick. He then goes on to say, P.S. Who said that lots of points, more and more goals, makes for an exciting spectacle? Will we start to green card defenders for making a brilliant one-on-one tackle? <laughs> Yellow card a goalie that stops a searing drag flick. Red card a captain whose team plays a sweeper. Eject a coach that stacks his defence. Tell a story. Sell the brilliant game we already have. He then goes on to say, I've just been listening to your last podcast and realised that you've covered most of these things in last week's show. Um, but uh, finishes off with, I, um, uh, I am not a left-wing whinging moron stuck in the past. 
Thank goodness I thought I might have just started growing into a grumpy old man. No, uh, correspondent, you are not on your own as a grumpy old man. There's other grumpy old men here. And, uh, Ben, this one's for you. Yes, we are very grumpy. Now, a couple of quick things on that with regard to, um, it's been a tough week for Hockey Australia, so I do feel for the, the media team there. Uh, Brisbane, there was a game played up there at the weekend that was a sellout. They had a thousand people in the, uh, the place. They normally get fourteen or fifteen hundred just for their normal fi- final mm. series. Why was it a sellout, John? Well, I'm led to believe that under the liquor licensing laws, they didn't have enough toilets for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't, I don't know. Now, that's if not, that's got that's something to do with the special license that was granted for that particular event to happen, or uh, who knows? There could be a whole host of reasons. No, it's not necessarily a Hockey is, Australia issue. That's no, more no, of a Queensland, Brisbane hockey or thing. Or the hockey club itself. It, it's just, um, it, it's, yeah, it's not a good situation. I mean, Maybe it's an insurance thing too. They're only oh, you, you know, your liquor license is your liquor license. That's, that's it. it. And, you, you, and you know, if you're only rated to X number of people, you only are. And um, usually, it is attributed to things like parking spaces and toilet facilities, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They they're the little side details that catch people out. Well, look, we had some hockey coverage uh, in the mainstream media in the Herald Sun over the weekend. Fantastic um, for ice hockey fans. <laughs> Um, it goes on to tell the narrative of a big bash style uh, hockey oh, league. That's, don't that, say that. That went, mate. Said it in the Herald. Big bash. Said it in the Herald. I hate Sun. that word. And it's rather unfortunate. Mate, yeah, the head- it's a terrible metaphor because under the big bash metaphor, the game will go for six minutes. The big bash is a, a miniature version of a game that goes for thirty hours. So Let's a, not get confused. It was unfortunate that the headline image on that article was of an ice hockey game. Yeah, um, good work. Something which is rarely played. There is some Australian ice hockey, but it's you know but a that, very, that very minor sport. The, the Herald Sun, for those of you outside, is one of the, the big papers in Melbourne, one of Australia's most popular cities and the self-proclaimed capital of Australian sport. And... Um, it's also the home of AFL, so every second person in, in Melbourne loves the AFL. And journalists there wouldn't know a sport outside of the AFL, most of them. They have got no idea. Well, here's and it, it is no surprise that some plonker at the Herald Sun thought that that was an appropriate photograph. Yeah, yeah. Now, it didn't get much easier for them when there was a weather-affected game over on the East Coast. Um, there was a two-and-a-half-hour time slot allotted for the game to be played. Um, the weather meant that the last five minutes of the game couldn't be played, John. What happens in the last five minutes in this, into this new format of AHL? Pump play. Pump play, yeah. So the one team doesn't get a pump, gets a pump play and scores in it. The other team doesn't get an opportunity to have their pump play and score double goals. Well, we know, we know that whoever came up with the idea of a pump play has never been a coach. Because a coach, if you put that scenario where the other team can score more goals per shot that goes in will immediately go, well, the aim here isn't to, to go out and score them. The aim here is to stop the opposition scoring them. Now, already mentioned uh, at the top of, earlier on in the show, uh, the fixtures did come out at the start of the week and we had all states playing at the same time, the men's and women's. So if you were going to support one side, the men's side, you couldn't go and see the, men, the women's side at the same time. That has been changed. Fantastic news. That's, that's great. But now uh, you have to make a decision between men and women. Yes, you do. But at least you can follow your state if you're, you're there. So you, you don't... Oh, that's not, a relief. Yeah, you're not going to miss that. Um, now, 
one other thing Saturday afternoon was it Saturday no Sunday afternoon we, on our free to air network we've oh. got um, uh, national indigenous uh, television network NITV NITV that was airing the uh, replays from the Hockey South Australia Super League that we spoke yeah. about earlier on the year this kind of contrived franchise uh, thing to try and strengthen their competition that was the purpose under ru- normal hockey rules normal hockey rules, rules yeah, yeah. Um, proper hockey rules uh, but it was, stri- it was streamed on uh, traditional Traditional hockey rules. It was, it was stre- it was streamed on Facebook at the time. Uh, they didn't do a great deal of promotion with it outside of their Facebook channel, but look, they had a go at it. The brilliant thing is, mate, it's free on, it's on free to, we have hockey on free to air so television. So why, we, we should be exploring that avenue further. Hockey Australia should be engaging with, maybe they are, maybe we just don't know that they are. Well, uh, I there I was, Sunday after, Sunday afternoon, I'm sitting there and I was expecting to watch something else and just was scrolling through the channels and there it was. Oh, what's going on here? Hockey. So I had a good look look at the various social media channels of Hockey South Australia and of Hockey Australia and there was nothing done to promote that. Now, the response that I've got from Hockey Australia, as I asked the question, was anybody at Hockey Australia aware of the SA Super League games being aired on NITV over the weekend? The answer to that was very succinct, and the answer was yes. So that tells me that they didn't see it worthy of actually broadcasting, and maybe it would deflect from people watching the AHL. Which they couldn't watch. Which anyway. they couldn't watch. Yes. So, look, guys, if we've got hockey on free to air TV, let's let people know about it, for Christ's sake. And well done to South Australian hockey. Um, I know they also, NITV, Broadcasts South Australian club rugby, and I believe this guy who commentating it was the same guy that does the rugby commentary. Right. He actually yeah. said during the hockey commentary, "I'm a rugby person. I didn't play hockey, but um, he was he was pretty good. You know, he, he he knew enough, certainly knew enough about the game to be quite an effective commentator. Um, but well done to South Australia. However, they managed to get that deal done. South Australian government, I know, is very involved with Aboriginal affairs and stuff perhaps a lot more than other state governments are uh-huh. and have strong connections and with NITV etc so well done to, however you got it on free to air television well done because hockey associations around the globe haven't been able to do that and you guys did yep and don't worry about oh it's only on NITV it's only on this one you know it's, it's not one of the main channels it's not seven well you no know, it's not but I don't know if you know, but you've got this thing called a remote control on a TV guide, and it comes up, and it's all digital now, so you don't have to worry about what channel anything's being broadcast on. If it's being broadcast, people can access it, and if you make them aware of it's being accessed, that it's accessible, they will access it. doesn't matter what channel. We can all use a remote control and go three, four. Very easy to do. Now, I know you've asked some questions over the past couple of weeks with regard to the idea and the concept of where they're going with the new format um, now I've been uh, informed by Hockey Australia that they have had an agency work on showcasing some ideas as to the format with Hockey 1 is something that's been floated um, that's one of the favourites that's come through but that's not set in stone likewise uh, the rule changes that we're seeing at the moment they're not set in stone um, those feedback forms and surveys are out there so get your feedback in if you've got along to some of the games and let Hockey Australia know what you thought if you loved it great let them know if you think some things are good and some things aren't so great let them know Um, there's still an opportunity to have your say 
Um, and your big question, John, of the past couple of weeks is who owns the franchises? Um, where it seems to be that the franchises will sit with the states and territories as they are now. So um, there's still uh, a lot of decisions to be made, and as the hockey viewing public, you can have your say. You are listening to the Reverse Dick, the global hockey podcast. It's time for us to go, John, just before we do. Uh, don't forget to check out Hockey World News. The latest October edition is out. Uh, new podcast coming up from Talk Hockey Radio and Taft and the people at the Hockey Family. will bring you more news on that over the coming weeks. Uh, congratulations to the Irish men's hockey team. Turkish Airlines honours their main sponsor leading into the World Cup. Whilst we're on airlines, uh, the latest Inside the D magazine show is out from the FIH. be good to see that on a few airlines, uh, maybe even Turkish Airlines. Give it away, guys. Don't expect any money for it. Let's uh, spread the word and the love of hockey around and about. Good deal. Even if even if all they get out of it is free airfares. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, just finally, thank you for a message from David Ogden. Very lovely. Uh, he's uh, he's come late to the podcast, John. He's um, catching up pretty quick. He's, catch, he's catching up. <laughs> he's gone all the way back to episode one. He's on forty three at the moment, so I reckon by about January he'd be hearing this. So thanks for your <laughs> correspondence, David. Great stuff. Uh, our t-shirt deal is all done. Uh, thank you to everybody that's purchased yes. those. Looking forward to some fo- photos and uh, if you're wearing them on social media. Um, you know, that was nice. We sold a few. We'd be looking, looking forward to seeing the bring back the bully t-shirts on a few people. It will be. Thank you very much for those who got involved. Yeah, we appreciate that. And I didn't get a chance this week, John, to put up the, uh, the votes for our song competition for Phoenix Hockey Club. You've um, listened to them both, haven't you? Yes, I have. That's going to go. Yeah, that's why. It's going on to the, <laughs> <laughs> that's going on to the YouTube channel. Um, tomorrow it's only five days since we last recorded so it's been a bit of a struggle to get that done but that's going up on there um, and you'll get a chance to vote on our Twitter and Facebook pages just finally uh, when we had John O'Shea on the show a couple of weeks ago uh, we spoke about some of his teammates Dan Fox being one of those teammates and I said Dan is that Rod's son um, yes it was and unfortunately Rod a gentleman of the game and um, a big man in Midlands hockey has, has unfortunately passed and uh, so there's been a lot of celebration of, of Rod's life and uh, lots of beautiful comments on, on social media and around the, the hockey community uh, so our best wishes with the family there mm, definitely that's it for episode 70 of the reverse stick uh, we'll be back with you with episode 71 next week next week will we well, I hope so. Yeah. Asian Games, Asian Champions. We'll know who's won the AHL. We will indeed. Will it be the hockey public? <laughs> <laughs>